Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. I'm going to take a moment to read out of the book of John 15, John 15, and in a moment we're going to turn and read a few scriptures, verse uh, 1 through to 8, but the context here, just so we have an understanding, uh, whether we're in a local right now, we're online, I want you to understand the context of the scripture, because context changes things. Jesus is actually already preparing his disciples, he's on his way to the cross, so to speak, and if you know the message, you know the story of Jesus, Jesus came to save and to set humanity free. But he not only did incredible miracles here on earth, he, by God's design, uh, went to the cross and died for our sins, for our freedom. And he's preparing the people he lived with, he lived amongst for this moment because it wasn't a nice moment, so to speak, for those that were with him. But Jesus knew it was a moment that needed to happen and he was wanting to prepare his disciples. And I believe in this year, January 23rd, 2022, this is a word where Jesus wants you and I to listen intently to, to prepare us, because even though Jesus was preparing those disciples for the moment he wouldn't be with them in the flesh, which is our current reality now, through his example and through the power of God in and through him, he still now today presences himself amongst us. And it's really important that we know this, but Jesus is speaking to his disciples in John 15, verse one to eight. And it says this, I am the true grapevine, and my father, speaking of God, my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so that they will produce even more more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. If you have said yes to follow Jesus, then you'll know what it means to lay down some of the things that maybe were accustomed to your life or a part of your culture and your life that you've let go of. There are things that have been pruned and purified, Jesus says. But I want you to capture what it says in verse 4 to verse 8. Jesus speaking, remain in me. If you've got your Bible in your hands, got your Bible on your phone, I want you to underline those three words. Remain in me. And I, Jesus says, will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you, here's those words again, remain in me. Verse five, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who, what is it? Remain in me and I in them will produce not just fruit, not just more fruit, but now he goes on to say much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. There's a real good uppercut right there. (laughs) Jesus goes on to say in verse six, anyone who does not remain in me, those words again, is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But 
But if you and I, Jesus wants us to capture this, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Verse eight, when you produce much fruit, not if, but the moment you and I decide to remain in Jesus is the moment we don't live a if life, but a when life. When you produce much fruit, you are now my true disciples, and this brings great glory to my Father. What a challenging passage of Scripture, I believe, is one that is going to speak to us deeply today and change us truly from the inside out. If you're taking notes, you're looking for a title, it is simply this, Ready, Set, Remain. Ready, Set, Remain. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence that's already here. We thank you that we have the privilege to come together under one name, the name of Jesus. We are not here for our own name. We are here for you and you alone. And we just pray that as we gather around your word, your life-giving word, we pray it would rub off the edges in our lives that need to be rubbed off. We pray the pruning would take place so we could be fruitful individuals. Lord, we thank you for your goodness and your grace. God, we thank you. You are the gardener. We thank you for the incredible vine in Jesus. And we just pray as we choose to abide in, remain in, and choose to constantly be in you, that there would be fruit that would come from this moment. Father, I pray this wouldn't just be another message we hear or another message I speak, but Holy Spirit, you would speak in and through these words into every single one of our hearts and lives. We love you and we honor you. And we ask that you would have your way in Jesus' powerful, wonderful, and mighty name. And everyone said... Amen. Have you ever had that moment, maybe you're walking along a footpath, uh, you're walking in a park, and you see an incredible fruit tree that is in someone's property technically, but is large enough that it's over the fence, and so maybe not technically, but favor ain't fair, it's anyone's game. You know what I'm talking about? You see that fruit, you think, hey, that's on this side of the fence, so maybe... I'm good. Maybe you've got a neighbor and you're, you're going, you're looking out that lounge room window right now saying, yeah, that's the tree right there. That's the tree right there. I'll never forget as a young guy, I, I played a lot of soccer when I was younger. And this particular park where we trained on a Wednesday night, uh, the coach would make us do a couple of laps around the field. And that was painful enough, but it was good because there was a mandarin tree that was so large in this particular property that bordered that park that there was plenty of mandarins hanging over. All you had to do uh, so you weren't feeling guilty that you were stealing was run kind of into the branch so that they would fall on the ground and then it was fair game. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, hey, I'm still a Christian here. It's on the ground. It's mine, you know. Favor ain't fair, baby. And I used to love running around that field because I knew that they were tasty and very juicy mandarins. And I think if I'm honest, I think if we're honest, as human beings, certainly in our day and age and in our culture, we want to do everything we can to have the refreshment, the nourishment, the goodness of a beautiful piece of fruit without the cost of growing it. We want it here and now. If you are like me, you can even find yourself getting impatient that the two-minute noodles take a full two minutes. 
We are wired and hardwired in today's day and age to find the easiest way possible to get the best result. I heard someone say once, say once, you know, if you want a hard job done, hire the laziest person you know because they'll find the easiest way to do it. <laughs> but in fact, I'm convinced in my own life, growing up in church, being a Christian many, many years now, that if every Bible-believing, Jesus-following Christian activated John 15 and remained in Jesus and in his words, lived his principles day in and day out, not only would we see the benefit of time over time producing great fruit in our lives, we would be in a nation, we would be in a city, we would be in a globe where there would be not just fruit, not just more fruit, but much fruit hanging off the Christians' lives to grow around for the people that are yet to discover the wonder of Jesus that are running the laps of life, so to speak, that every time they feel out of control, every time they feel like it's the grind, every time they feel like they're going through the motions, they would bump into fruit and discover that there is good in this life, discover there is grace in this life, discover there is a life of abundance, a life of freedom, but it comes down to the fact of whether we will take Jesus at his word and remain in him. You see, we find in John 15 that there are three components, three very simple components spoken of that I guess are components that result in fruit. Number one, there's the gardener, speaking of God. Number two, there's the grapevine, speaking of Jesus. And number three, there is the branch, humanity, you and I. And it's interesting that even though all three are different components, they all have the same goal. And it's very interesting, as John 15 puts it, Jesus speaks, you actually need the gardener and the gardener needs you. We actually need the grapevine and the grapevine needs us. We all have a part to play together, but we all have our own part to play. Jesus says, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener and he prunes and gets rid of the branches, you and I, that don't bear fruit or he prunes them so that they would bear more fruit. So as I read this passage of Scripture, it kind of comes down to the simple thought, if God is the gardener, God's the one doing the work. Jesus is the one as the grapevine that brings the life, and all we have to do is be a branch and remain. Easy, right? Not so much as I've found to discover in my 35 years of living. And so I want to challenge you, I want to challenge myself if you know what it is to be a Christian, to do life with Jesus to consider what it means to remain in Him. Certainly in this day and in this age, I think with the fast-paced nature of our society and culture, with the plethora of voices that are out there, with the easy access to opinions, it can be so easy to get distracted and lose our way, get sidetracked and fail to remain in Him. You know, to remain means to stay. Remain means to be left over when everyone else goes. To remain means to continue on. Maybe you've been a Christian a little while like myself, 
Here's the simple thought. Are you still continuing on? Are you still as passionate as you've ever been about following Jesus? Do you still love God with all that you are? Or has time gotten in the way? Has a tough season that didn't produce fruit caused you to question whether you can produce any more? Maybe you're new to Christianity and you subscribe to the idea that every bad thing in your life would go away when you discovered Jesus, only to discover that there is a roadblock in your way. And it's causing you to question whether he's legit. But the call from Jesus himself is that you and I would remain in him. And I've got some thoughts that we're going to share out of the uh, book of Romans in a moment. But as I was pondering John 15 again this week, I've read this passage many times over. I was reminded, as Jesus puts it, he didn't just say, hey, I'm the grapevine. But Jesus uses particular words here, and he says, I am the true grapevine. And I guess a simple question I have for every single one of us, myself included today, is what in my life currently is not based off truth? What is it in my life that the branch is taking life from that actually isn't truth? Because it can be real easy in our day and age to find something that looks legit or even get pushed towards us an idea or a thought that seemingly is truth, but he is truth. And if we're not careful, that truth that we think is truth but is not the true grapevine truth will cause our lives to feel good for a moment or flourish in a season, but unfortunately, we will wither because it will not last. The moment you and I say yes to a relationship with Jesus and our lives are infused into the true grapevine is the moment true life comes to our bodies. It's the moment true life exists in our day and in our moments. But I wonder if there's something in my life, I wonder if there's something in our lives that isn't based off truth right now. Another question that popped up as I was considering John 15 again is, what state is my branch in? What state is your branch in? You know, it's not a question of whether you and I get to be a branch. It's pretty clear we are the branches. The question is whether we'll remain because there are two outcomes for our branch. Number one, we have an opportunity to warm people up for a moment because we're going to be used as firewood, but then we're gone. Or number two, if we remain, we will be a branch that produces fruit, more fruit, and much fruit. That season after season, day after day, challenge after challenge, good time after good time, we not only will be nourished ourselves, but we will have nourishment for other people. But if we're not careful, we can be lured into the false sense of understanding that I'm making a difference for someone because I'm keeping them warm, only to fail to realize once the fire burns through our withered and dead branch, we no longer have the capacity to enrich someone's life. The good news about God, the good news about why Jesus came to set us free is that every single one of us is only ever one moment of decision to be transplanted back into the grapevine. But it's really important in this season we acknowledge, and I really want you to capture this, that he is the true grapevine and we sometimes think it's the branch that produces the fruit. 
but it's the grapevine that produces the fruit. It's the branch that bears the fruit. And I know in my own life, when life is going well, it can be all too easy to fall into the trap of the enemy and say, look, I did that. Wow, I, I was able to do that. <laughs> Man, I'm feeling good because look at the pr- fruit I produce. And it's like, no, 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 the branch bears the fruit. The life is coming from the vine. His name is Jesus. I hope whatever local you're in or home you're in right now, this is resonating with you because I believe it's a really, really important challenge for every single one of us to acknowledge what it takes to remain in Him. You know, to remain in Jesus is to live the way God intended our lives to be lived according to His Word. To remain actually requires a new level of intimacy with Jesus. You know those moments where you don't want to let the God who knows everything know how sucky your life is right now? <laughs> let him in on the good times and the not so good times. Let him in on the great thoughts and the bad thoughts. Let him in on the, I guess, mountaintop moments and the biggest mistakes and regrets of our life. Intimacy is required to sustain a remaining in him. To sustain what I would say is a spiritual life according to his word, we must live so intimate and so dependent on who Jesus is that when the rubber meets the road, those moments in our life where we don't know where to turn and what to do, we're not questioning whether Jesus can help us through. We know he's there because we're remaining in him. Fruitfulness is actually a result of connection to the source. I have a fruit tree at home that I transplanted from one pot to another pot and now is transplanted in the ground and it's taking some time to establish and I got excited this time because there was about a hundred buds that turned up this season and I think the last time I checked there's about five left. And it's because it takes a while to get established in a new environment and the enemy would love nothing more than to cause us to doubt our fruitfulness based on the season we may find ourselves in. But when we remain in him, the promise doesn't change. There will be fruit, there will be more fruit, and there will be for those that remain and remain and remain and remain much fruit. We all want fruit, but the question is whether we would remain. There's two guys in the Bible, if you're a Christian, you know your Bible, you may have heard of them, Peter and Judas. They were disciples of Jesus. They were a part of the 12. But there was something different between Peter and Judas. One remained and one didn't. The difference on the outside, being a disciple, was not that much, but the difference on the inside was very, very different. They both had their challenges. They both doubted Jesus, but one decided in the unbelief, one decided in the awkward moments, One decided that come hell or high water, so to speak, I am going to trust Jesus more than I'm going to trust myself. And that one remained while Judas decided to be focused on the fruits rather than his roots. I wonder today if you're being challenged like I'm being challenged to be reminded in this season to remain in him. You know, maybe church, the service, the coming together, I'm excited for tonight, but how many know We all know just around the corner like that, the season that we so are looking forward to and seemingly going into can be turned into a U-turn. 
and we're a bit howled again. And if your church service, the atmosphere and the environment of this place, I love it. But if that was your vine, the moment that vine got taken away was the moment life source came out of you. But I want to encourage you, church, a building, church, a service is not the vine. Jesus is the vine. And I know in this last season for me personally and for our family, it has been a season that has revealed how much more you need Jesus, the life source, as the vine. You know, it is a season in my life that I am so thankful for the relationship I have in Jesus and realizing that when life isn't constant, he is constant. And the challenge for you and I is to ask, what is the most constant thing in our lives? Is it the 4 p.m. news briefing? Is it the number one tab on your safari, NZ Herald? Is it Instagram and the opinions and photos of other people's fake life? What's the constant? Is it your unsafe friend's opinion of your faith? Or is your constant the people in your world that are keeping you accountable to your beliefs, to your system that you are choosing to trust in the time when it doesn't make sense that I am going to infuse my branch into his vine and see my life flourish. To remain means you and I can be constant. And I am so thankful for senior pastors that have been constant. For 40 plus years in ministry, yes, four zero, and for over 30 years at life, I don't know if you've done the same job for 30 years, but I can't imagine it would be that easy. I'm about 14 in, 15 in. And there is something to be said for people that remain and stick to the journey. If it wasn't for our senior pastors remaining in him, remaining in the call, the vision, the purpose he had given them, we wouldn't be here. I say this as tongue-in-cheek all the time, but I know I definitely wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them, but life wouldn't exist today as it does if they did not remain. They did not be constant. And a constant life is a life where you and I don't waver. A constant life is a life where we are faithful. A constant life is a life where we do not change our conviction. This is a day and an age where Christians need to stand on the belief of God's word and not change. We need to be constant and we need to remain in him. And so as I kind of wrap this up to a bit of a close, I'm gonna share some thoughts. I guess in my own life as I've learned, as I'm learning, as to how we remain and in the message translation of Romans 15, we find a great encouragement that I think is going to help many of us today to say, well, that's great, Luke. I, I want to remain, but I know, like you, it's not that easy to remain. The, the sands are, are, are shifting under our feet. There, it feels like there's a cultural shift like we've never experienced before. It's hard to know which way is up and which way is down, but I'm so thankful 
for the sure foundation we have of God's word. And you and I actually can remain in these times. But it's going to take some tenacity and some decisions that I believe Romans helps unpack for us. So Romans 15 verse 4 and 5 in the Message Bible says this, Even if it was written in Scripture long ago, you can be sure it's written for us. I just want to pause there for a moment. Even though God's Word was written long ago, you can be sure. No ifs, no buts, no maybes. You can be sure it's written for you. God wants, I like this, the combination of His steady, again, unwavering, His steady, constant calling, and warm personal counsel in Scripture to come to characterize us, keeping us alert for whatever He will do do next. Not what the next government's decision will be, not what the next strain of the virus might look like, not what the next click or club is all about, not what the next finance breakthrough is. He is in control and He will keep us alert for what he is doing next. And so out of this passage, there are three things I believe will help you and I to remain in him, as John 15 puts it. Are you ready? Are you still with me? Good. Number one, Romans says that there is a constant calling. We need to uh, live a constant calling. What are you called to? What are you purposed for? Why are you here and what are you living for? What is your constant calling? Not seasonal calling. Not one-off, I'll give this a go and if it doesn't work out, I'll try something else calling. What are you living that is a constant calling that no matter what society may throw at you, no matter what virus may come or may go, What are you constantly called to? Because if you don't live purpose, if I don't live purpose, if all we do is live for self, we will waver with the times and we will not have the tenacity to remain in Him. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 3, verse 1 to 4, Paul writes these words, and I want you to be encouraged by them because he was a man that lived a constant call. Beloved friends, because of my love for Jesus Christ, I am now his prisoner for the sake of all of you who are not Jews, so that you will hear the gospel that God has entrusted to me to share with you. This is him speaking in his moment of oppression, so to speak, out of a revelation of why he's doing what he's doing. Verse three, for this wonderful mystery, which I briefly described to you, was given to me by divine revelation, by the vine itself, so that what, whenever you read it, whenever we read it, we will be able to understand the revelation and the insight into the secret of the mystery of the Messiah. Here Paul says, there are things you may not understand, I may not discover in this lifetime, but one thing I am assured, that even though I may be a prisoner because I love Jesus, even though I may be enchained right now, I'm doing this and I'm writing to you to encourage you to not give up on your call no matter what 
it may look like right now. But if you don't live a constant call, you don't get to the place Paul got to. Paul had seen many things. In fact, you know the life and story of Paul. We don't have time to get into it. He was against all of this, but he had a divine revelation, as he puts it, where the branch was truly connected to the grapevine and the life that flowed through him from Jesus gave him the ability in the midst of his trial, in the midst of his imprisonment, to write and encourage us to not give up, but to live a constant calling. He was so convinced of what Jesus had called him to that regardless of finding himself in the worst of circumstances, he did not waver. He remained in him. So here's the question. Are you, am I living convinced in who God has called us to be? Are you convinced about it? If not, then maybe today is a moment to consider what God's calling you to, who he's calling you to be and how he's calling you to live your life. Secondly, we find not only does Romans talk about this calling, but about counsel. We need to live a constant counsel. If you and I are to remain in him, we need accountability and we need proximity. We need, not we should have, we need accountability, we need proximity. Here's the simple question. Who is your standard? Who's the line? Who is it that, let's be real for a moment, we measure ourselves to? Because if we're not careful, that line will determine whether we are living acceptable or not. If the line or the standard is people, newsflash, they'll fail you. But if your line, if your standard is Jesus, newsflash, he never will fail. And you and I need to get to a point where we make a decision to live in constant counsel, that his word is our standard, and then the people around us that are so much further ahead of us, where we feel like we could never get there, are the line, not the line where we think we can get over. And I, I guess you got to, and I've got to come back to the real challenge. It is Jesus speaking in verse five. He says, hey, remember, apart from me, you can't actually do anything. And so we actually have to make a decision today, 23rd, to come back, to remain in him. Here's a question I pondered this week out of John 5, uh, John 15. Are you looking pruned or are you looking like a prune? Because when you do life on your own, your juice gets sucked out of you. It does not take long when all things go to hell, so to speak, and you've got no one to turn to. You've got no proximity in your life. It doesn't take long till you start feeling tired. You start looking tired. You start drying out. But if you remain in him, you won't end up looking like a prune, but he may prune you so that you have fruit, more fruit, and much fruit. Who are the people in our lives that we're in need of and they are in need of us? This is the way God's designed our lives to be done. Remember, God is the gardener. Jesus is the grapevine. We are the branches. We do life 
together. And the team are going to come and join me, but just as I bring this to a close, the third thing that we find in the book of Romans here that we read is this word character. We need to live a constant calling, live a constant counsel, and live a constant character. Are you with me? This one is not that easy. This speaks of an integrity with our lives. This speaks of a confidence, because when you live character, you live confident. When your character is in order, there is a confidence about who you are. Hebrews 13 verse 8 in the Message Bible says this, just remember, Jesus doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, right in this moment, and when you meet Him in your tomorrow, He's always totally Himself. He's always totally Himself. God's character does not change. And therefore, we can align our lives, remain in Him, and have a confidence and an integrity to walk boldly into our today because we have the God of yesterday, today, and forevermore. And He is always totally who He says He is. I love that when we choose to live to remain in Him, we live integrity. We actually have a new godly confidence the Bible speaks of where no matter what comes our way, because we remain, because we live a constant character, we live confident. It's super easy to be you and to choose to live you when you make a decision not to live someone else. Isn't it interesting when you get comfortable with who you are, how confidence starts to rise. Oh, you may not be this, or you may not be that, and you may not be them, or you may not be them, but you are you, uniquely designed by God to be you. And when you live character, integrity, and confidence, you actually start to thrive in every season of life. God's desire is for all of us to have fruit, more fruit, and much fruit. But we remain by staying connected to Him. Maybe you're saying, and that's really hard, Luke, because He's not here. It was easy for the disciples. No, it's actually easier for us because Jesus, before He left, said, hey, I'm going to go and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit who can be everywhere at any time and we get the privilege of doing life with Him. How do we stay connected to the vine? We stay in His power. We stay in His presence. We stay in His Word. We live a constant calling. We live constant counsel. And we live constant character. You know, this season with COVID has been a great revealer of those that have great character and those that maybe aren't there yet because when everything gets taken out of our control, you've got one of two decisions to fret and try and control it yourself or to remain in Him and have the peace that goes beyond understanding be a part of our world, worlds. And I love this final scripture in 1 John verse 2. 24 to 27 in the New Living Translation says this. So you must remain faithful to what you have been taught from the beginning. If you do, you will remain in fellowship with the Son and fellowship with the Father. And in this fellowship, we enjoy the eternal life He has promised. I am writing these things, the writer of 1 John says, to warn you about those who want to lead you astray, to cause you and I to not remain. But you have, by choosing Jesus, 
You have received the Holy Spirit and He lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true for the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know and what He teaches is true. It's not a lie. So just as He has taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. God does the work. Jesus brings the life. All we got to do is remain as the branch. I want to encourage you not to throw away what you know to be true. I want to encourage you in these times to press in to the truth, the living Word of God, to those around you, to keep you accountable to your call, to keep you accountable to the remaining in Him, to keep you living character so that you can live bold and confidently. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you were encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at any of our Auckland campuses. If you're not in Auckland, then check us out, Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifenz.org or download the Life app to stay connected and find out more.